1: The road to Roland Garros is paved in Spanish clay this week, as we are less than a month away from reaching the Terre Battue of Paris. It is championship Saturday for the women in Madrid, meeting for the third time in five weeks. Could the girl with the tiger tattoo stop the party party? Plus, the old guard was nowhere to be found on semifinal Saturday for the men. Four young stars battle things out for a right to reach the final. So what's trending, and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. <laughs> We've got that winning feeling on TC Live right now. Well, we have reached championship weekend at La Caja Magica, the Magic Box in Madrid. Welcome to TC Live. It's our half-hour post-game show to get you caught up on all the big news in the tennis world. On the road to Roland Garros, an incredible women's final. We will break it all down. Plus, our experts tell you who will raise the trophy for the men on Sunday. And a big coaching change for Sophia Kennan. What does this mean for the top-ranked American? As we bring you into our studios here in Santa Monica, Steve Weissman back alongside Hall of Famer Lindsey Davenport. Hall of Famer Andy Roddick over there on the big screen. Matteo Berrettini, first Masters final. Lindsay Kasparud had never been broken all week. He did it twice.
2: Yeah, I and mean, how impressive it is for Berrettini. First Masters final, first time playing in Madrid, and he's able to go through the conditions. Love the way his game has really taken shape here in Madrid. The injury earlier this year to his ab, that sidelined him for a little bit, but, man, he looks fresh for this clay season.
1: He certainly does. Going to match up against Sasha Zverev. We'll get to that matchup later, Andy, but first quick thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, Bertini serves 135, kind of he has that in his arm consistently. He serves up above 70% like he did today. It's going to be tough sledding for anyone against him.
1: All right, let's get to the women's final. It is becoming one of the best rivalries in the women's game, Ash Barty-Arena Sabalenka, and it was less than two weeks ago they met for the title in Stuttgart. Ash Barty won that one in three sets for her third title of the season. She also beat Sabalenka on the way to the title in Miami. So today, meeting for the third time in five weeks, Barty riding that 16-match win streak on red clay, but Sabalenka came out on fire, Lins.
2: Yeah, what an opening set for Sabalenka in her biggest final and she hits one unforced error in total in that first set Steve a little bit of a fall for Barty we all got a little bit nervous but Barty was okay but what does Barty do she is so mentally strong she was able to regroup early in the second set start to find her range a bit broke down the Sabalenka forehand started to get a few more unforced errors but an absolute huge game early in the set in the fourth game Barty had double break point to go up 3-1, wasn't able to break. And then it was Savalenka who just got on a roll to end this match. Won the last 11 points in a row and took out Barty to claim her biggest title.
1: Tenth title for Arena Savalenka. She was feeling it. 34 winners, nine aces, five breaks of serve. And for the first time this year, overcomes the world number one. She caught up with Prakash after
2: What we've been able to do this week is, has been fantastic. Another, another opportunity to play against quality players and put yourself in, in that last match to win a title is, is always kind of what, what the goal is. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, you want to you be trying to win those titles as, as regularly as possible. This is something unbelievable, and I'm really happy with, with this title and to, uh, to go higher in the ranking, this is something unbelievable, which is like incredible, and I'm really happy with this result.
1: So she snaps Barty's 16-match win streak on red clay, snaps Barty's 10-match win streak against top 10 players. Andy, what stood out to you about Sabalenka's performance today?
3: Listen, the only way she was going to come out and beat Ash Barty was to go through her, and she went through her in that first set. And credit to Barty for kind of uh, problem-solving in the second set. And, but, but also, like, Sabalenka in the third set, after having kind of lost some tough ones to Barty recently, really regrouping on the heel you know when, when uh, sometimes when a first set goes that quickly 6-0 you kind of check yourself and you're like okay well back to reality it still only counts as one set the composure on both sides was 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 phenomenal uh sabal has there been, ever been a favorite at a grand slam has the favorite ever not gotten to a quarter previously at a slam before i don't know i don't i don't think that's ever happened
1: well the the, the stat is actually that nobody has cracked the top five on the wta without ever making a quarterfinal at a major. Sabalenka, the first one to do that. We know about her power, Lindsay, but she was able to control it every match this event.
2: Yeah, in these conditions, she really adapted her game so well to them. I mean, we know so much about her power. She's got the big serve. She's got a big forehand. Imagine when you add just a little bit more margin and what Sabalenka was able to do. I mean, she just rolled through (laughs) this tournament. Only dropped the, the one set, and that was in the final to Barty. But it, it, some tough opponents there and able to get through them pretty comprehensively. But now the question is, she's now going to be four in the world. It obviously is going to turn to the majors. And how can she start to make an impact at the Grand Slam level? You've got to start putting yourself in the, in the second week of majors. You want to start challenging for the title. Got to make that quarterfinal first, though, and learn to manage your emotions both on the court and off the court if she's going to make a deep run. Uh,
1: Andy, how good do you have to be at every other event to crack the top five without ever making the final eight? <laughs> I,
3: I wouldn't know, but pretty good, I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, her, her, ta- her talent's there. I mean, it, like the, the serve is complete. Uh, the way she's able to kind of get off the block, she, she can control the ball both ways, down the line, cross court. She can just straight dominate people. I mean, that first set... Ash Barty looked like she was a 12-year-old playing against an 18-year-old. That's how dominant Sabalenka can be at times. Now as Lindsay said, the pacing of a Grand Slam, the anxiety on an off day, the the question she's going to get after a second and a third round win of can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? She's really almost had she almost has to live in a silo kind of bounce ideas off of her team and shut every shut all the noise out. She certainly has the game for it. There's no question.
1: She's making a lot of noise on the court right now. By the way, Barty and Sabalenka could meet in the quarterfinals in Rome for the fourth time this year. We would love to see it. It was semifinal Saturday for the men in Madrid. And Dominic Thiem and Alexander Zverev playing a rematch of that 2018 final that Zverev won, Andy.
3: Yeah, and, and you know what? That one the way back then, but I love how Zverev is getting inside the court. If you look if you look at this ball right here, he's decided he's going in before he actually hits it. He's being extremely intentional with trying to get in, going forward, and I'm not saying he has to be up on the baseline. Every but when he hits a good ball from deep, stepping in and then knowing what he's going to come in off of, recognizing when he's start to attack is something he's done phenomenally well. against, you know, Nadal... Running through them four and four, and obviously having his way here in the twilight uh, with Dominic team. Uh Really impressive stuff. Getting a little more height, a little more margin on that forehand. Uh, still playing some defense. Not going to go down uh, without a fight, obviously. But a, a good week in zone line, coming off of uh, coming off of a bit of a hiatus. But right there, you see again inside the court, and even though he hit a winner, his momentum was pushing him forward. And mixing it up, obviously, when you do go forward like that, it causes people to check, step, Boy, and go step backwards. Zverev realized that makes these just tons them down, drop shots, drop it up, and uh, here comes the, the secret handshake. You know, it's like cool. when you're 12, you get left out of the crew because you don't know the handshake. That's what I feel like watching these guys do it. But Zverev being very intentional about recognizing the right ball and getting forward this week.
1: I love the secret handshake. They did that at the U.S. Open. When team won, they do it no matter what. Whoever wins... The break points, three of them for Zverev. We see the first serve percentage. He had a high first serve winning percentage, 78. It was 82 against Nadal. Gets it done. Let's hear from him. Against Dominic,
3: we played the biggest matches. Um, And I hope we will continue playing the biggest matches. Um, I think this rivalry is is already – we had a lot of great matches, but I hope it's going to continue going that way. And – yeah, I hope it's not the last time we're going to play a Slam final at the U.S. Open.
1: So who would Sasha face in the final? Kasparu, third straight master semifinal on clay. Berrettini, second master semifinal overall, Andy.
3: Yeah, I mean, the question here today was, was Berrettini going to be able to get those forehands and dominate from the middle of the court with that intense RPM that Kasparu going to create? The answer was yes, but... He pitched an amazing ball game with the serve. He was able to dominate, take some chances in the rallies because he was putting in 70% of his first serves. Getting those forehands, when he's set in the middle of the court right there, it's pick your poison. A poor, your he can pull it forehand, can go inside out to the back end like he did there. He was getting that ball all day long, he was able to kind of pace the back end, stick him, and then look for that ball, create some space in the court. Uh, one-two punch, it's a slow bleed. Actually, that said it bounced inside the service line close to the middle court. And the guy has to sell out so hard but that's still a winner. You see how much it means to Barrettini. Great
1: match, great performance,
3: start to finish from, from
1: the Third Italian to reach a Masters 1000 final, Matteo Berrettini, the ninth-ranked player in the world. And he will take on world number six, Sasha Zverev, for the title Sunday, 1230 p.m. Eastern, right here on Tennis Channel. It is 2-1 Zverev head-to-head one-and-one one on play. They've played twice in Rome. Lindsay, I know you wanted to talk about Sasha Zverev and how he got past Dominic Team today.
2: Yeah, it's so important for a player who maybe has struggled with his serve at some point, with either double faults or holding serve, and he only faced two break points. He got broken when he was already up a set and a break as it was. And how about he also earned himself 11 break points. So when you're threatening in so many return games, you start to relax on your own service games. And I think we've seen this from Zverev this whole tournament. His serve He has his rhythm right now in Madrid. He likes these conditions. He's getting some free points. That allows him to maybe be a little bit more aggressive. Andy was talking so great about his court positioning. Mm -hmm. He has definitely made an effort here in this tournament to take balls a little earlier and maybe take his momentum and follow it through to the net.
1: This is the Masters event, Andy, that Sasha's won more matches at than any other. Who do you have in the final tomorrow?
3: It's, it's such a tough one. I guess you have to go with Sasha. But the, the two things that I'm going to look for is first serve percentage from both of them, Sasha up at sixty six percent, as I've talked about, baritone up close to seventy percent. Can they each match those? Those service percentages uh, in a final? If they do, they'll be very tough to break. The other shot I'm looking for is unlike Garine and Rude. Can Zverev, will his height, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, on the backhand side, will he be able to get that through the court to maybe pin Berrettini a little bit when Berrettini's trying to dance around and get in that backhand corner to dominate with the forehand? I think Zverev has a little bit of an easier time handling that ball in the backhand and maybe either pinning it middle or pinning him in that backhand side, making it a little tougher for Berrettini, Berrettini to get a hold of that that, uh, that rally from the, the inside-out forehand position.
1: That's a great point. Both these guys, uh, they're, they're big boys, but how will Matteo Berrettini... React to being in his first Masters 1000 final. Sasha's been there. Sasha's won there. We'll head back to Madrid. Hear more from Danny and Prakash later on TC Live. Plus, the top ranked American woman heading to Rome without her dad. We'll react to her recent coaching change. You're watching TC Live. Lindsay, Andy, Steve, back on TC Live. We are getting close. The road to Roland Garros has a finish line. May 30th, Tennis Channel's 15th year of covering the major in Paris. More than 330 hours of coverage all 15 days. We are live for the men's and women's semifinals. Plus, the first 10 days, we've got a night session at Roland Garros. Join us on Tennis Channel and TC+. Plus. World number four Sophia Kennan was runner up at Roland Garros last year under the guidance of her father and coach Alex. But as we prepare to head to Paris later this month, Sonia announced Friday she is no longer working with her father. Together, they got to the top five, became a Grand Slam champion. It is not very often that a world number four player drops a parent as a head coach. Uh, Lindsay, what led to this decision?
2: Oh, what a, a tough situation it's been in the history of women's tennis. We've seen a lot of parent-child coaching relationships. And, and this one, it seems to have been brewing for quite some time. And we could see Kenan. She was obviously weighted down this whole season with something. We weren't sure what it was. Whether Was it defending the Australian Open? Was it getting appendicitis? It's clear that there was a lot of stuff going on outside the lines. And I don't think this has gone very smooth or wasn't very easy for Sophia as well. They've been by each other's sides for her whole tennis career, through the juniors, now through the pros. And this is a pretty courageous move for Sophia, who's trying to get some independence at this stage of her life. And have to remember, in the real world, you start to let your kids go and make their own decisions in their late teens, early 20s. And now for Kenan, she's a little bit older. But as Tom Gullickson, I loved this post that I saw on Twitter She does have a group behind her of people that really believe in her, including Kathy Rinaldi, the Fed Cup captain who she has known for years. He also mentioned Stephen Huss. The USTA hopefully is going to be by her side, and we wish her the best, but this has not been easy for Sophia.
1: It takes a village to raise a tennis player. Andy, uh, you had multiple coaches throughout your playing career. How uncomfortable can it get when it involves a family member?
3: yeah I, I don't know about a family member that's probably the only person i didn't have as a coach but uh i had I, my brother who my brother traveled with me for a while and i don't know what our relationship was i had a kind of head coach in jimmy connor's and john was always there and uh it, it's it's difficult you know and when i remember the the, the last moment it was like you know, he was like, man, I can't do this anymore. I was like, you know, I don't know if I can either. And and luckily that was easier, but it wasn't that all encompassing relationship. At that point in my life, I had, you know, financial independence. I wasn't, you know, being told where to go, what to do. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to kind of compartmentalize the relationship and the appreciation that you you, you she certainly has for her father with a clean slate and moving forward and and, and and having that void even if you feel like it's the right decision still something new and so you know it's, it's just different so you know I hope she gets off to a good start with this new kind of setup in Rome if she does that'll really help now if she doesn't play well in Rome and there are questions about it there's you know that just leads to a little bit more drama I hope that it goes smoothly uh, for Sophia Ken and she certainly deserves to be happy on the tennis court
1: She's building an entire new team. Uh, You know, there there may be some folks that we saw that Tom Gollickson referred to there that could be a part of it. But how do you go about building a team, Lindsay?
2: Yeah, it all depends on, on us, certainly where the player is emotionally. And I would think at this stage, you want people around you who you're familiar with. You don't want to just jump into to getting into a new relationship with, with really a stranger. So not knowing exactly who's going to be with her, I have to think that it's going to be somebody or people around her that she knows and that can kind of help and support her through this tough time right now. It certainly cannot be easy for her. You know, I always look at Naomi Osaka and her parents and what an amazing job her dad was her coach the whole time and what happens as soon as she makes it you figure things out and we support you and we're there for you it's not easy to let go um i just hope the people that are around Sophia in the future and as andy said i hope she gets off to a good start are there supporting her and help building her back up and and helping her win another major
1: yeah absolutely speaking of starting well well she is in rome and her draw Uh, It it could be difficult after she gets that first round bye. potentially in the third round. I mean, you got Madison Keys, Ali Risk, Iga Shiantic and Karolina Mohova.
2: Yeah, it is. It's such a tough tournament as it is. She has that first round bye, so probably won't play maybe Tuesday night, but most likely we'll see her on Wednesday. It just starts with trying to go out there and trying to play a tennis match and not worrying about everything else that's going on.
1: She is still a top-five player in the world. She is still a Grand Slam champion, and uh, we wish the best for Sophia Kennan with whoever she picks as her new coach. How does Roger Federer look on the dirt? Well, we'll take you out on the practice court when we come back. Back on TC Live, our coverage of Rome starts on Monday. How about these qualifying results? Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo getting a-, a couple wins today, Andy.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's always a good thing. We want to see those uh, those U.S. flags getting through the matches, so good job for uh, for the old Tommy Paul and uh, Big foe. They're getting through qualifying, not easy.
2: How about Sloane Stevens? Her first time playing qualifying, Steve, since 2012 <laughs> when she was 19. So she won her first round, and she'll play again on Sunday.
1: All right, that, that tells you how good the draw is in Rome if you got Sloane Stevens as the top seed in qualifying. Uh, we also had... Some doubles action in Madrid today. We had a final on the women's side and a Czech duo that has been playing so incredibly well looking for their second title of the season. This is the men's doubles final that comes your way on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Grenoliers, Zabajos taking on that great duo of Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic. We've got it for you tomorrow morning. But the women's final was Barbara Krejcikova, Katerina Siniakova taking on Gabby Dabrowski and Demi Schurz. And the all check duo looking for their seventh career WTA title as a
2: team. Yeah, Krejcikova and Siniakova. Steve, they've played together since the juniors. They know each other's game so well on the court. That's one of the reasons why they are so good. They work together as a team. And there it was Siniakova finishing the point off at the net. She's so aggressive in her mindset when she is up at the net. Really helps her team win that first set. And then they were able to get it done in straight sets. Still a great tournament for Dabrowski and Scherz. But the teamwork of Krejcikova and Siniakova, too much in Madrid. 100th tour-level
1: win for the duo as a team, and you do it with a title at a WTA 1000 event. Impressive stuff as they take the trophy there. Well, time to enter the social net here on TC Live. And tennis once again rules the Laureus Awards. Naomi Osaka and Rafael Nadal named the Sports Woman and Sportsman of the Year. Billie
2: Jean King also won the Laureus Lifetime Achievement Award, Lindsay. Yeah, tennis really cleaning up at the Laureus Sports Awards. It was awesome to see Naomi Osaka. She looks so beautiful accepting her trophy. The same with Rafa. It, it was great. Tennis really made a huge impact last year in an otherwise very difficult year for sports around the world.
3: Yeah, it's just like all the American sports awards shows. Tennis always wins, right, Lindsay? Uh, <laughs> it's nice to see it. It's nice to see it at least respected on a global level with, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats and Rafa Nadal. Uh, one of the icons of our sport, Billie Jean King, and, and soon to be in that, that same breath with Naomi Osaka. Uh, good representation for tennis there.
1: Gotta love it. All right, Roger Federer, he is a five-time award winner for the Laureus Sportsman of the Year. Eight days away from Geneva, he is out on the practice courts. What do you think, Andy?
3: I mean, the footwork's always there, isn't it? It's a very hard, and he makes it look very easy. Now, how that translates to an actual match in the flow and hitting the ball at different heights and different matchups and different skill sets, we will see. But this is good video. I mean, this is pretty intense Uh, This is pretty intense working out here. The footwear looks good as always. Uh, You know, you're never worried about, uh, you know, it'd be concerning if you looked at all of a sudden it didn't look smooth like it has for the last 20 some odd years. But uh, as expected and uh, hopefully he kind of gets a a draw in Geneva where he can kind of get a couple matches in and uh, under his belt going into Roland Garros.
2: How great for the home fans. Rogers mm-hmm. played a tournament in Geneva. It's just going to be fantastic. What scenes those will be! He's an ambassador now for for
1: Swiss tourism. He's out there on the on the clay. He's going to play in Geneva, then Roland Garros, then Halle, then Wimbledon. Going to be exciting to see Federer back on the court. This is our lineup on Sunday. We got the men's doubles final 9:30 a.m. Eastern, and then who's going to take the men's title? Will it be Sasha Zverev or Matteo Berrettini? TC Live to follow and encore coverage all night long. Back on TC Live, getting you set for tomorrow's men's final 12:30 p.m. Eastern, 9:30 a.m. Pacific. Alexander Zverev looking for his second title in Madrid. Taking on the Masters final debutante, Matteo Berrettini, for a preview. We go back to Spain. Check in with Danny and Prakash.
2: All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings desk. It's the final for the men. We've been looking forward to this. Will Sasha Zverev win his second title in Madrid, or will Matteo Berrettini take it from him?
1: Can someone say bombs away? I think it's just going to be big serves all over the place, giant forehands. And if both of them can keep it up, I think we're looking at a few breakers. But it's not going to come down to too many points the way both these guys are playing.
2: Excited to see how that shakes out. Well, precaution and I are headed to Rome. So you enjoy your championship Sunday, Steve, here on Tennis Channel. We will see you Monday in Italy.
1: Awesome job all week long. Danny and Prakash look forward to seeing their reporting in Rome. And uh, before we get to Rome and before we talk about the final tomorrow, let's go back to Arena Sabalenka defeating Ash Barty today, and she said, Lindsay, something changed in her mind this year. She's not scared of clay anymore. I don't know why she ever was, but she is dominating.
2: Yeah, she really is, and she said she's worked so much on her movement. She's also worked on being a little bit easier on herself when she's not at her best, mentally giving herself a break. But you just look back at her stats through this whole tournament. She was in the positive for ratio for winners to unforced errors in every match she played. That's not easy to do when you go for so much, but she really played some of her best tennis in Madrid it'll be interesting to see how she takes this momentum takes this confidence now going into Roland Garros in, a, in about a three to four weeks time
1: Andy d- does she make her first Grand Slam quarterfinal this year
3: you gotta think she does something I'm going to be interested in is I actually always was Ok in Rome and in some other places where the clay was a, uh, the consistency was a little grittier. It almost felt like salt, right? And when you get to rolling, Gerald, it's a lot different. It almost has the consistency of like a, like a baking powder, right? It's a, it's a, it's a little bit softer. I found it slippery. As as someone who kind of was a, a, a physical mover, but maybe clay wasn't my, my most natural surface, that bothered me. I'm curious to see how it translates for, for Sabalenka. But the way she's hitting the ball right now, she'll be able to hit through it. She doesn't actually have to slide too much if she's dominating every rally. Salt
1: to baking powder. I, I love that Very analogy, nice. Andy. That's good stuff. <laughs> Sabalenka, she is rising either way. For Lindsay and Andy, I'm Steve. Thanks so much for joining us on TC Live. A reminder, the men's championship tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. What a week for Arena Sabalenka. Third meeting against Ash Barty this year. Second straight final. Hey, don't drop that trophy. Sabalenka is your champ in
0: Madrid.